Hello and welcome to the second episode of Chat OMP, which means that the first episode must have been a roaring success, where I, William Peake, Global Managing Partner of Harneys, speak to each of our office managing partners in the region. And this week, I am delighted to welcome Henry Tucker from our Bermuda office. Henry, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Will. I'm glad to be here. The, the second test subject. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm not going to ask too many curveball questions, although I can see you are in your deal, Gilet, Henry. So you're good to go. You're ready for this. Yeah, yeah. You can see the deal gilet. You cannot see the uh, the deal sleds under the table, the Gucci loafers, which I religiously well, wear to work. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's win-win that we're not back in the 80s with Gordon Gecko. <laughs> so, Henry, you're obviously Bermudian. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your career journey and how, like every good career journey, the home is where the heart is and talk us through that. You know, I grew up in Bermuda and I now live in Bermuda with my family, but the return to Bermuda was a very roundabout journey that, you know, started moving to the States, you know, spending some time in New England and then university in the UK and then working in the BVI, working in chambers in London and having an extended time in Hong Kong where I met my wife and started my family before we moved back. So I've had my formative years, I would say, were in, in Hong Kong and London, but definitely the whole while sort of intermittently with coming back to Bermuda, being in court and, and being a big part of the legal community here. Great. I'm trying to work on my Michael Barbaro New York Daily noises. So bear with me as I kind of make hmm, huh, noises the entire way <laughs> through this this podcast. But, I mean, nobody's better placed, Henry, than you to talk us through Bermuda as a jurisdiction. And what I always find fascinating when we talk about it is how you leverage your Hong Kong experience and your knowledge of our people in Hong Kong, you know, the Chai Ridgers of this world, the Paul Seftons, etc., how you bring that to your practice in, in Bermuda. Do you, do you want to just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The The entire reason I moved to Hong Kong was because we saw a, a real opportunity and desire for on the ground, in court experience to be deployed in boardrooms in that city in relation yeah. to Bermuda companies in particular. And when I got to Hong Kong with a team of two, one of whom had already quit, I was <laughs> faced with the immediate realization that my competition for Bermuda work was a guy in Chai Ridgers who had done more restructuring work in the last year than I'd done in my career. And on top of that was had the support of this vast, efficient infrastructure with the existing trust of clients in the city that had really just embedded itself and was sort of a part of the business framework there. And so although I was successful, I think, in really getting to where we wanted to go in terms of making Bermuda restructuring advice much more available and really getting people to think about going to court in Bermuda to get to whatever the goal they were looking to get to. I'd always sort of lamented that if I'd been able to do it with Chai, we might've been able to do it better. And so when I moved back and I had the opportunity to basically work with Chai and, and also, you know, Andy Thorpe, who I had known 10 years earlier when I was working in BVI and some of the litigators that I'd sort of gone head to head with and seen, you know, in the SGMs, in the room, while people mm. are voting, while people are being locked out, you know, that in the city in Hong Kong, that was a really exciting prospect. And so pretty chuffed to be doing that now. 
It is really interesting, though, and I think that's something that we as a firm take really seriously of having credible practitioners who've lived and breathed jurisdictions in foreign offices. And, you know, being based in the London office, my credibility is entirely based on the fact that I lived in Cayman. I regularly visit Cayman. I'm doing this podcast in Cayman. That's what kind of breathes life into why people want to instruct you. So you made the switch back to Bermuda. You've obviously joined us and we're absolutely delighted that you have as office managing partner. And I know you're kind of just feeling your way in that role as the office builds out, etc. But what kind of changes have you noticed from the partner position to also having that added responsibility of OMP? I think the most important thing change is that you are now faced with making decisions that will dictate the overall sort of culture and approach for as long as you will be there. You choose the the kinds of people you want to surround yourself with. You know, you choose the way in which you interact with your colleagues in Hong Kong, London, Cayman, and so forth. And I've, I've had the benefit of working with Nick Hoffman in Cayman, who has been at my side supporting me every step of the way since since the beginning. And that's been hugely helpful. But But just to tie it back to what we were talking about earlier, in terms of what we are trying to build here, the addition of the office managing partner role is actually more tied to the day-to-day work than it might be in a different place. And the yeah. reason for the, yeah. that is that when you are building a practice with the goal of providing an integrated legal service to a client in a different country or a different city that has the uh-huh. benefit of everything you know here – that really relies on all of the infrastructure and relationships that you're responsible for as an OMP. And so, you know, the goal of making sure that Chai and I or Nick and I or John O'Driscoll in London and I can work on a case together in a way that delivers everything we know to the client in London as if they are here, that is the work, but it's also the OMP, the managing partner work, because you have to structure everything from the business from the ground up to facilitate that. Otherwise, try as you might, you're going to fail. So yeah, for, for, for us, you know, that, for me, they're one and the same, but it is a challenge and, and we're, we're still, we're getting there. We're definitely getting there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, that's all about communications. And, you know, for example, yesterday there was, you know, something was on my radar and I needed to speak to Vicky Lord in Shanghai real time, Lee Shifong in Singapore. And it's just, as you say, it's just a constant challenge of making sure that the 24-hour service is knitted together because the client will not thank you for, for that experience going awry. Well, just to add on that, the great thing about being office managing partner and being an office managing partner who does the work is that you can see things that are done a certain way and you can say, that doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't help us provide a better service in Hong Kong, in London, in Luxembourg. So let's just change it. And you can just yeah. change it. And then you watch it work and you just think, oh, this is, yeah, this is great. If I were the client, I'd feel much better about this. Yeah, exactly. And you also get, I think the other thing as well is that as you move up the management structure, you see the challenges that managers had with you that you didn't actually recognize back in the day. You just thought somebody was being difficult or, uh, you know. Terrible. I was a brutal Brutal associate crap. I mean, I the fact I look back, I worked for I worked for Kiernan Bell, who is the managing partner of Appleby. And, you know, throughout my career, people told me how how ardently she supported me 
despite some of my sort of administrative, you know, day-to-day failings. And it's only in the last year, and particularly in this role, thinking, she must have stopped me from getting fired on multiple <laughs> occasions. For, because, she, well, you know, there, there's no other way I would have made it through. The great thing with these podcasts is that they go on LinkedIn, so everybody gets an opportunity to put <laughs> the comments into the chats, Henry. So we're going to be we're going to be able to pick up on all of that, actually. So my final two questions for you are, what would your advice be for a junior lawyer? You know, the most important thing is to keep showing up. The only way you fail is if you quit. And I think if I look around myself at my peers, they're not, you know, the people who have made it through and are happy and have, it's not just having the professional success, but having the professional success as part of a life they enjoy. Those are the people who just kept showing up no matter what they were facing the next day took it on and fought through. It will be okay, particularly if you work in a firm like ours. Everybody will help you through. You just need to show up, do the right thing and, uh, and keep going. And that, and I, I think that's, that's the lesson. Yeah. I mean, consistency is the key, knowing that you've got a team around you who's going to support you. And also, if you take your nose away from the window, it's never usually quite as bad as you think it is. That's really good advice. If you could have dinner with one famous person, bearing in mind that my LinkedIn following is going up at a significant rate of knots, I'm still going to take myself out of this category. Who who would you have dinner with? I was thinking about this last night, and I think the answer, although it's probably cliche, is Elon Musk, but probably not for the reasons that many other people would. It's because his success, I think, in building factories in China that are successful and contribute to both the Chinese economy and the U.S. economy in really meaningful ways. It's something that it's no small task to do as well as he has. And he builds products and services that people love. And that is such a challenge, uh, no matter who you are. It sounds like Elon Musk is going to have to update his CV now that he has your uh, <laughs> approval. That's that's absolutely huge for Elon. So look, Henry, thank you so much for, for making time. That was a really good whistle stop tour. And we're absolutely delighted to have you at Harney's, Henry. And uh, I look forward to seeing all of your previous supervisors give feedback on the chat function of the LinkedIn post. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm.